Hi, and welcome to the Local Church Podcast. I'm Jake Chambers, and I get to be the host of this podcast. And we are a church plant, a little church community, learning to be with Jesus together in Gate Harbor in Port Orchard, Washington. We're not experts, but learners, learning not just about Jesus, but how to be with Jesus, to be still, to be present, to be local, to be with Jesus in this moment, enjoying him together. So whether you've been following Jesus for decades or are just now starting to explore him, you can come, learn with us, learn to be with Jesus together with us. May you be blessed by this podcast and may more and more of heaven be breaking into your life into Gig Harbor, into Port Orchard, so that it might be on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks for listening. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Psalm 119.33-36 We are journeying through Psalm 119 together, this stunning love poem. 22 stanzas, 8 verses in each stanza. A stanza for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, written by the psalmist and it's a love poem all about the word of god the the psalmist is expressing his love and delight for god's rules god's ways god's perfect word and so that's what we're going through together and studying together Um, today we won't touch every verse but the section that we covered this week was verses 33 through 48 And it starts off this, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. And verse 34, it says that I may observe it, observe it. And then 35, lead me in the path of your commandments. And you you get this idea of, see, sometimes in American Christianity, um, a lot of us have settled for Christianity being just this get out of hell free card. Uh, That it's okay, I pray a prayer, I sign up, and I get my get out of hell free card and go on with the rest of my life. Uh, But that has never been what biblical Christianity is about. Uh, It is about a way of life. Uh, Jesus says, follow me. He's saying, follow me into a way of life. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. In John 14, 6, he says, they calling himself the way. Actually, the early church Christians, um, after Jesus rose from the dead and sent out the church, they were first called the way, or followers of the way. Uh, see, it is a, a lifestyle that Jesus is inviting us into. A lifestyle of love and kindness and peace. A lifestyle of uh, generosity and hospitality. A lifestyle of faith. A lifestyle where being with God and loving God and loving others shapes every area of your life, how you parent, how you befriend, how you work, how you employ. Uh, It impacts every area of your life. Uh, This week talking about it impacts how you vote. Um, 
impacting every area of your life is this the way of Jesus. Living in a Jesus way, a Jesus lifestyle, a, a pattern, a pattern of life. And in this lifestyle, we're, we're learning to build out habits, habits that are formed by the Word of God. Uh, so one of the questions we kind of wrestled with this week as we looked at this passage together on Sunday is the question of who are you becoming? And not just who are you becoming, but how are you becoming? And what habits are shaping you that maybe you don't know are shaping you? James K.A. Smith, um, he's author, theologian, uh, wrote a, an award-winning book called You Are What You Love. You are what you love. And the purpose of his book, uh, the idea of his book, is that there are these cultural liturgies, these habits in our culture that are shaping our heart's desires. He talks about how the super mall is designed to keep you coming back and to, and to get you to basically worship and love consumerism. Um, that sports does this. It gets you to infatuate and identify with your team, worship your team, and spend all your time, money, and energy on fantasy sports. And his thesis statement in the book is, you are what you love and you might not love what you think. You are what you love and you might not love what you think. He makes the point that very few people would say, hey, I love sports more than my family. I love shopping and consumerism uh, more than my friends. I love materialism more than I care about my spouse. No, we don't say that's what we love, but he says you are what you love. Your habits are forming your heart and you might not love what you think. And he says if you look at people's habits and their times and their sacrifices and their energy, um, so many of those habits have formed their heart and mind not to love God and love others, but actually uh, to love consumerism. Um, and so one of the things that's worth asking yourself when we wrestled with it Sunday are, what are some of the things that, as we look at that, what are some things that if you looked at our lifestyle and our habits, we might love more than we want to love it? What are things you love more than you might want to love based on your habits and how maybe consumerism is forming you or other things are forming you news feeds politics social media how are these things forming you through daily habits we say we love important things like god and family our neighbors but oftentimes our habits and our spending say otherwise they say otherwise and here the psalmist is saying, teach me your way. Jesus, teach me your habits. Teach me your rhythms of life. Who are we becoming? We want to be becoming, as followers of Jesus, we want to be, be becoming more like Jesus. How are we becoming? We want to become more like Jesus by learning his ways, by being shaped more by prayer and the word, by being shaped more by loving God and loving others then we are being shaped by the world around us. Then we are being shaped by our selfishness or by Satan and his lies. We want to be shaped by Jesus in his ways, in his promises, in his presence. 
What does it look like to be becoming more like Jesus? And what are the patterns that we can put in our life to help us become more like him? Verse 37 says this, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. One of the things that impacts who we are becoming is what we give our attention to. The psalmist says, Turn my eyes away from worthless things. In the last few years, we've learned actually via social media that we are now living in an attention economy. Um, That's what it's being referred to as an attention economy. In an attention economy, you and I are not the consumer. You and I are actually the product being sold. Here's how this works. On social media, the goal of the social media platform is to keep your attention as much and as long as possible. Then they can go to the advertiser and say, hey, I have Jake's attention for five hours a day. He will get sucked into uh, news feeds. He'll get sucked into sports feeds. He'll get stuck, sucked into even some of the latest church stuff going on. So for five hours a day, here are advertisements we can pitch him. I have his attention. And the platforms are built to make you addicted so that you will have more and more and more of your attention sucked into the platform so the platform can make more and more and more money selling your attention. The platform is not anymore a tool to help you where you're the consumer or you're in charge. The platform is meant to dehumanize you, materialize you, and sell your attention. And so literally, we can agree with the psalmist and say, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Uh, And so movies like uh, Netflix, The Social Dilemma, has come out and it's um, critiquing social media. And even some of the creators who have created some of these platforms um, are admitting, have quit their jobs and have said, we've created a monster. Now there's this machine with algorithms and basically strategies and plans to keep you hooked, keep you addicted, keep you keep your attention fixed on the platform so it can sell you advertisements and then it's all connected. That's why you simply like think of a new pair of shoes and all of a sudden you're seeing advertisements for it on your Google search feed, on your news site ads on the side, you're seeing it on your social media platforms popping up, you're searching Amazon, all of a sudden that thing you thought about is everywhere. Uh, This is all built in to keep you sucked in and keep you consuming, to make it where you are what you love and what you now love is being connected online 24-7 and turning into this consumer and you become less and less human and more and more, and this, if we're the ones being sold, if our attention is the ones being sold, we actually become a slave to our smartphones, our internet, and to the social media. That's what's going on. It's new, but it's not new at all, because look at Psalm 119.37. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. He's saying, I want my attention to be fixed on the ways of Jesus. I want my attention to be fixed on the promises of Jesus, the truth of Jesus. I want to be connected to to God and to nature and to others. I want to love God and love others. I don't want my time and my energy and my money and my attention 
sucked and drained into worthless things. And so we need to join the psalmist in this prayer. And we need to be aware of the things that are trying to take our attention away from Jesus. Repent. Create boundaries. Create plans. And create steps to fix our attention more and more on God and his word so we can become more fully human, becoming human by enjoying God and his goodness uh, rather being than being dehumanized through constant attention addiction on these different platforms. 38 through 40, confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts in your righteousness. Give me life. It says he he longs for God's precepts because they give life. The way of Jesus and the boundaries that God sets for us are boundaries that keep us being human. They help us be who we are created to be, where we are created to be it, with those that we are created to walk with. We weren't created to be everywhere at once. We're not omnipresent. We weren't created to take in constant information. We're not omniscient. We weren't created to be in control of everything. We're not omnipotent. And when we try to be these things, it makes us either more of a machine or into this false god, and it causes exhaustion, loneliness, depression, anxiety, addiction, compulsive behavior, division. We get multiple people both thinking that they should be God. It causes war. And he says, no, I long for your precepts. Say, if God is the one who created us to be who he created us to be, then he's the one that knows how we can live most joyfully being human. We weren't meant to try to be God or machine. We were meant to be human. And the Lord shows us the example of how to live that way and to live in the fullness and abundance of life that he has for us. I love the illustration of the fish out of water. Um, see, the fish is is meant to be a fish, and to be a fish means to be in water. And if the fish is in water, he gets to fully be a fish, and he is fully free. Um, the lie would be that the fish is not free because he is bounded to water. But if the fish goes out of water, that is not freedom. He will flop around for a while, run out of air, struggle, and die uh, rather quickly. And so when humans try not to be human, but try to ignore God's ways and instructions and try to become God themselves, or try to live like a machine, uh, those are not the boundaries that God has set for us for what it means to be fully human. And we quickly will struggle like a fish flopping out of water, run out of air, and die. The psalmist knows this, and so he longs for God's precepts, God's boundaries, God's ways for him. Let's continue on. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. This is good news, the steadfast love of the Lord, that even the times where we are trying to become something other than what God has created us to become, he still moves towards us with steadfast love. Even the times we ignore his ways and go our own ways, he still comes towards us with steadfast loves. All the times we've tried not to be godly but to try to be God, he still comes towards us with stead 
steadfast love. This is good news. He's so gracious. Verse 42. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. In 43, I'll go 43 through uh, 45. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. It says, take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. Are we helping others become human? Are we helping others become more like Jesus with our words? Are are our words discouraging, debilitating, comparing, and ultimately dehumanizing and soul disintegrating? What are we using our mouth for? The psalmist here wants his words to give life. It wants his words to help others become who God has created them to be. Um, Let us be a community and a people that use our words to help others become more like Jesus. What a beautiful way to use our words. 44 says, I'll keep your law continually forever and ever. This is a forever plan for the psalmist. That he wants to walk in the ways of Jesus forever. Uh, This isn't a camp high, you know. Um, This isn't a just go to camp, come home and throw away my M&M records. Uh, This is his forever plan to walk in the way of Jesus and help others walk in the way of Jesus, to become more like Jesus forever and ever. 45, and I shall walk in a wide place. See, God's boundaries, his ways, his instruction, they lead us to a spacious place. Uh, We like to call it beautiful margin. That knowing our limits, the limits of humanity, that we are created for a time and a place to be local, that we were created in a body with a soul, that we are created unique with our own story, and that this gives us limits, and that when we live within those limits and create margin around those limits, it is a spacious place that the Lord is leading us to. He is leading us to beautiful margin. And we try to be God and do everything and just get stuck in the tyranny of the urgent and get stuck on the just hamster wheel of busyness, going and going, crushing margin, then life crushes us. And that's not where God leads us. He leads us to green pastures. He leads us to still waters. He restores our soul. He is the good shepherd. He is the one who takes our heavy laden and our burdens and gives us a yoke, a way of rest. So if you're feeling the tyranny of urgent, the constant busyness, the just insomnia, and the go, 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 go. It's not the way of Jesus that you're following. It's the way of the world. It's your own way. Uh, And it doesn't lead you to a spacious place. That's why you feel the stress in your body. Your body that God created is alerting you and alarming you. That's so much what stress and anxiety and eye twitching and insomnia, so many of those things, and um, just acid reflux, heartburn, so many of these things is your body alarming you that you're not falling in the way of Jesus. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a quick fix often. Once it, once it comes physically deep like that, um, it takes some time for the, the heart and soul and mind need to repent and turn to Jesus and walk in his gracious and spacious ways, uh, but it'll take some time for the body to heal and to catch up. Um, 
That's why it's not helpful to just say to someone, don't be anxious and expect the symptoms of anxiety and the, the stress, the panic attacks, the heart poundings, the sickness, nausea in the stomach. That doesn't just go away with, with that. Um, the mind, heart, and soul needs to begin to learn how to trust Jesus and then walk in his ways and live in this spacious, beautiful margin, trusting that he is in control. And over time, the body will begin to heal and some of those symptoms will start to dissipate as the mind, body, and soul roots itself in the promises and person and presence of Jesus. And then you get to feel uh, the, the wonderful fruit of living in the spacious place that God has for you when you live as a human being um, rather than trying to live as maybe a human doing. Verse 46, I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. Um, he's not going to let the world shame him for walking in the ways of the Lord and speaking the ways of the Lord. Even kings, even those in charge, even the big rulers, he's saying, I, I won't be put to shame because the ways of Jesus um, are true and life-giving. 47 and 48, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. See, the psalmist knows that the ways of Jesus, his commands and his instructions are ways given to us out of love. That Jesus loves you. No one loves you like Jesus loves you. He loves you. And so his ways are loving. And the psalmist says, I love your ways. He doesn't feel forced at all to do this. He, he loves the ways of Jesus. The good news for us is that Jesus lived perfectly human for us. He came and lived perfectly human for us as a substitute for all the times where we've tried to live as a God or as a machine. He lived human for us as a substitute. He also lived human for us as an example showing us what does it look like to be fully human here on earth, to trust God, to love God and love others here on earth. And we get to see his example set out for us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He also took the penalty, the penalty for us for all the times that we've ignored God's ways and tried to go our own ways, for all the times we've declared war on God and said, I should be God all the times we've lived more like a machine than a human he's taken that shame that penalty on the cross for us and then he rose again to new life sending the spirit to be our helper to help her help us be who god has created us to be this is good news it's all good news jesus loves you he loves you deeply his ways are life-giving and spacious Let's turn our attention away from worthless things and worthless idols and turn our attention to Jesus, to his promises, to his ways that he has modeled for us, and to his death and resurrection. Let's fix our attention on him. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Local Church Podcast. 
We are a church in Gig Harbor in Port Orchard that is learning to be with Jesus together. If you'd like to know more, you could find us on Instagram at localchurchgh or online at localchurchgh.com. Feel free to reach out to us and we can get you directions to a gathering we meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and you are invited. We'd love to see you there. With that, let me leave you with this blessing. May the love of God the Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.